Thanks for tuning into this episode. BBB presents Financial Literacy 101, featuring Steve Sprovac, a certified financial planner with Allworth Financial Cincinnati. It's National Financial Literacy Month. BBB's Sarah Kemura talks with Steve about raising kids with financial literacy, coping with money anxiety, and how to budget and plan for retirement in an evolving economy. Thanks for tuning in to another BBB Presents episode. Today, I am joined by Steve Sprovac, Certified Financial Planner with Allworth Financial Cincinnati. April is National Financial Literacy Month, so this seems like the perfect opportunity to talk to a professional about money and financial literacy for all ages. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. Sure. Good to be with you. I'm a little concerned. You say you're sitting down with a professional. Okay. I'll buy in. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make believe. We'll go with the flow. Sure. Sure. So the first thing I wanted to mention is that you're the new co-host of Simply Money Radio Show, and you're taking over for the previous admired host, Nathan Backrack. Those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, no kidding. And and, um, I played around with radio in college, but that was without an FCC license and a few people in the pub would listen. This is a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I'm having a lot of fun. I've got a day job, and that was my biggest concern is I still meet with clients. I'm still an an advisor and certified financial planner, and this was something that is in addition to my normal responsibility. So so honestly, Sarah, my biggest concern was can I do the show and not have it at the expense of what what Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now? Yeah, exactly, and and, uh, I'll tell you, Amy Wagner, my co-host, has been incredible. I mean, she... She's been very nurturing, very helpful. She's a great coach. And, and I, I'm not going to pretend to be as good as the previous co-hosts after two weeks when they did it for 25 years, but um, we try harder. We'll give it mm-hmm. a shot. But it sounds like the transition and the experience has just been incredible so far. Oh, it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so weird to have people that you know walk up to you and, and say, hey, I heard you on the radio. I, I, I mean... You know, you go into a studio, you speak into a microphone, and you assume it's such a different experience. No, it's um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and and I I think I think we're continuing the 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 whole concept of you know this this show simply money was started to educate the public, Mm -hmm. and I just want to keep continuing that that uh, that plan. The mission, yeah, keep it keep it going. So to start off our conversation of financial literacy, I know that you've openly talked about how your family didn't really talk about money growing up. And it's safe to say that many families also don't openly talk about money. I feel like it's yeah. this taboo subject at many dinner tables. Yeah. Um, well, when we someone broke. brings something up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were broke growing up. So, you know, my, honestly, in our family, money was a major stress point. And I know today with a lot of families, it's a stress point. So mm-hmm. you, know, you can either have a nice dinner or you can talk about money. Which do you want? Um, but, it, you know, I, I really think the trends are changing a little bit. And, and I hope we've played a part in it. Um, I, I think there's been, and I'll, I'll come out and say it, I think there's been a real failure in the education system to teach kids about not, you know, high finance, but just about how money works. You know, what is a stock? I remember asking my dad when I was probably in, in high school, you know, what does it mean when the Dow is up seven points? He had no clue. He had no reason to know. Okay. He grew up in the depression, <laughs> but it, it's changing. And, and I'll give you a, for instance. Uh, our company is partnered with uh, the University of Cincinnati uh, Economics Program, and they've got a great uh, program called the Student Enterprise Program. They just abbreviated as 
the STEP program. And it just does a wonderful job of teaching kids how to accumulate credits or you know dollars um, and how they can spend them, save them or donate them. And they, and they track over the course of a year what these kids have been able to do. And, it, and, and it, it's done a fantastic job of teaching kids that probably aren't learning this at home, uh, at least a little bit about money. Good program. Mm -hmm. Well, I also feel like people nowadays are just more comfortable talking about their finances. They're more open with how much they're making, taxes, their retirement plans. Um, no. Do you have anything to say about how the conversation of money has changed over time? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that people are more transparent. What, what I really like hearing, and it's not 100% by any, any stretch, um, but I, I hear a lot of parents talking to their kids, I mean, elderly people mm -hmm. talking to their adult children about, hey, uh, we have this account at, at Allworth Financial, uh, my attorney is so-and-so, and just you know, having the communication pathway open so that if something happens or you know, if the kids have questions, they know where to go. And, and that's, that's really important. And you know, I think it's not just elderly people talking to the adult children. But I think even even regular people talking to their school age children and not making it so much of a, a mystery. I, I'm yeah. just seeing more openness about it. And, and like anything in life, um, communication goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Well, a stereotypical problem that I saw growing up is that the husband was the money guy yeah. and the wife was the budgeter. And I yeah. feel like that's just not the case anymore. I, I don't see that as much anymore. I still see it occasionally. I, I mean, the worst example I ever saw was uh, a couple I had dealt with for 20 years and, and the wife called me up and eventually came in. Uh, her husband had unexpectedly passed away and she literally came in with a shoebox and said, I have no idea where our money is. Oh my can, goodness. You, can you help me go through this? Yeah. Okay. That's the worst case scenario. More often than not, I, I, I see, and I'm like this with my wife. I mean, she... She doesn't have a lot of interest on the investment side because in her words, yeah. you do, you know, but I, I make sure she understands why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and you know, I understand what she's doing and, and the more families are more comfortable, I, I think, today than 20, 30 years ago about sharing financial responsibilities and, and, and communication. Yeah, well, that's an example of that. Everyone really just needs to be aware of their finances and the basics. Um, so just how, poor, how important is it for people to learn just the basics of financial literacy, not only for their own finances, but yeah. knowing what the, what the general scope of financial literacy looks like? It's huge. And it's not so much that you have to be the smartest person on the block about how money works, but just some basic concepts. I, I mean, I've just seen so many people get in trouble with credit card debt, as an example, mm -hmm. um, a second mortgage that gets away from them, uh, student loans. I mean, just just the basics of how money works will all by itself, that'll keep you out of 99% of the problems that, that could fall your way. Yeah, it's a good idea to bring in a professional if it gets out of hand, but you know, just you know, keep from spending more than you're making as a start. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really get scared. I, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I, you know, I always worked, I had to work. And actually my, one of my first jobs was the original Jersey Mike's. Um, that's a, a friend of mine that started that, uh, that yeah. chain. And, you know, we, by the time we were, you know, 15, 16, 17, we're counting out change. We're doing uh, math in our heads. And now uh, I, I've done some volunteer work where our group as a fundraiser would work uh, a booth at, um, uh, at a Reds game. 
and there are no numbers on the registers. There's a picture of a hot dog and that concerns me. And when you ask why, it's because, well, that way they don't have to know the price and they don't have to calculate change. Yeah. That's, that's a step in the wrong direction. So I'm hoping some of these educational programs get us back on track and, and teach people basics. Well, I also like, so I read your guest column in the Cincinnati Enquirer. That was your introduction to yeah, being a co-host yeah. on Simply Money. I yeah. really liked how you compared um, working with your finances. You compared it to working out and yeah. how you have to constantly reevaluate you do. Um, you do. your own finances. Yeah. 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 I mean, even people who hire someone like me to run a financial plan, Every once in a while, they figure, oh, I got that done. I, I guess we're good now, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to look back on it. No. But I, that's I, not what you want to think. <laughs> no, I, I just met with someone today who I've known for years and years and years. And, okay, show me your 401k statement. Sure, but why? You know, because we need to keep up on it. You know, let's let's take a fresh look at it every year, like we're starting all over, and make sure the choices you used last year are still what you should be doing. And, you know, let, let's, let's talk about... Uh, what's going on in the economy. I mean, there's always some changes that are occurring. Let's talk about mm -hmm. not just what we're doing, but what you may need to do. Do you need mm -hmm. to a few more dollars away to, to stay on track or after a couple of good years like we've had, um, can you put some money in other directions as opposed to retirement and still hit your financial goals? I, I mean, yeah, always, always, uh, at least once a year, spend, spend a fraction of the time that you spend thinking about vacation on your own money. <laughs> That's all I ask people to do. Maybe that can be the the yearly finance workout. There you, you only go. have to do it once a year. I don't like my real workouts. Once a year, that covers me. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm perfect. Good. I'm good. <laughs> so I think it's kind of to reiterate. I think financial literacy is so important among sure. all ages. So on one hand, college graduation is at an all time high. So if yeah. you had a twenty five year old son let's say like right out of college, starting one of his first like big boy jobs, yeah. what is something that you would recommend that they start learning from that? Well, I, I've age? been through this because I have 34 and 37 year old sons. <laughs> you know, exactly. So, <laughs> and I'm also, it's kind of neat. Having done this as long as I have, I've met with a, a fair number of, of children, of clients that, you know, mom or dad says, hey, my kid just got, got out of college. Can you sit down with them and just kind of give them the basics? Yeah, please. Oh my goodness. That's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's as valuable of, of a, an hour as you know, I'll ever spend with somebody. And, and it, it's really just three things. I, I mean, I'll tell you what I told my own sons. Uh, first, don't spend more than you make. I mean, it sounds basic, but it's easy. And I wish I had held to that when I first got out of college, but I, I, my life just rushed ahead of me and I, I got into some credit card debt and obviously fixed it, but um, that would have kept me from doing that. So spend less than, than what you make. Second thing I told them is save 10%. Forget, you know, the specifics and, and you know, 401k and match all that. So yeah, that's all important. Just 10%, 10% for yourself. And then thirdly, now set some financial goals. When you're coming out of college, it's it's no more, all right, well, I'm going out Thursday night and you know, having a couple of beers and I'll worry about that tomorrow. It's, it's all right, I maybe I want to start thinking about a house. Maybe I'm seeing someone and want to get married. Maybe I want to do this. Uh, just, you know, kind of set them up. They don't have to be hard goals, but just have them written down. So, um, okay, I'm going to work towards this. And that's what part of that 10% is going mm -hmm. towards. I'll tell you, Sarah, if everybody did that when they got out of college, um, financially at least, it would be incredible. And I, I've seen what it's done for my kids and, and mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, it's, yeah, those are, those are three life lessons that would be awesome. Well, you wouldn't get as much foot traffic in your office (laughs) if everyone did that. I I know. Yeah. Maybe I got to be careful with what I say. (laughs) No, honestly, I I really enjoy those meetings and, and, you know, knowing that at least that person sat down with someone, whether it's me or someone like me and got the basics from somebody who's not a a parent where they actually was, you know, it, 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 it make a difference. And I feel like someone in their early 20s hearing that information not come from a parent or a guardian is huge. That definitely makes the difference. I know. I've coached baseball. I've coached soccer. I I think I'm pretty good at both of them, at least coaching. And I will bring in a friend who uh, is a soccer player. I, I remember this one guy in particular. He said the exact same things I did, and the kids could not take their eyes off of him. And I've been saying the exact same thing for years. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, sometimes having an outsider is a good thing. Yeah, and so you have over 35 years of financial planning um, experience. So I'm sure you've seen every age, every situation step foot in your office. So I know we just talked about like college graduates and people in their early 20s, but on the other hand, what observations or trends do you see in those, let's say like 65 and older with their finances? Yeah, it's interesting, and I, I hate to, um, you know, paint with a really broad brush, mm-hmm. but on the negative side, what really bothers me, and I think people are getting better, but I see too many 65 and 70-year-olds that don't have a will, or if they have a will, it was done when their kids were kids, you know, um, having a will and, a pow- and appropriate powers of attorney, Man, I, I just went through a medical issue in December with open heart surgery and knowing that I had taken care of all that stuff, just settled that. I, I mean, I, that was, I had other concerns, but I knew things would be taken care of if life went south for me. Um, a lot of people don't think about that. And they, I think they just don't want to confront their mortality. And I'll tell you from both personal and professional experience, if that, if that legal framework is not somewhat up to date, it's a mess on the kids. It's an absolute mess. On the positive side, I think, and you mentioned this earlier, that people are just more open to talking about money, not bragging about their money, but just- Right, hey, just having a conversation. Conversational, exactly, exactly. And, and it's not a taboo subject like maybe it was uh, years ago. Just, hey, did you hear about uh, required minimum distributions uh, are, are changing or, or inherited IRAs or whatever the subject happens to be? you hear about it more when you're out to dinner or something like that than, than you used to. And, and just having more conversation, uh, more communication about uh, general finances um, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, something I guess a little more time sensitive you could say is a trend that I feel like I'm seeing is people now we know are working from home, but there is definitely no. this huge group of people who have worked from home for a while, just their mm-hmm. whole career. Do you ever see any burnout or from anyone just like working in their kitchen their entire lives and they want to retire a little earlier? Well, I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I work from home and it worked and everything else, but um, yeah, yeah I, I'm just, and maybe it's because I'm old school. I preferred coming to the office and, you know, there's some stress with any job. And, and for me, leaving that stress at the office, physically hopping in a car and going home work. But a lot of people are getting, and both of my sons are like this, they're, they're very comfortable working remotely. And I, I think this is a trend that's going to stick around for the long haul. So in my case, it was more stressful working from home, but for some people, less stressful working from home. 
And I'll tell you, talking to the people that uh, I know that live and work in California, where you know a 20 mile commute may be an hour and 15 minute drive, they are loving this. They are loving it. In that case, it's not just eliminating a whole lot of stress, but a big cost also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, th thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. So kind of on another note, I feel like it can be very overwhelming for someone who wants to learn about finance because, I mean, we've talked about so many different topics today. We sure. can really take finance in many different avenues. And like the economy is constantly evolving. It does not end. Yeah. So I wanted to get your opinion on people who may have money anxiety. Yeah. So how can people, let's say of any age, cope with that money anxiety and start to begin their financial literacy journey or even just get a refresher? Yeah, I, I have a family member that was dealing with this and I had no idea how bad it was until we, we started talking. And, and I, I think step one is frankly and, and honestly address the issue. You know, how bad is it? Just sit down and start writing down numbers. Uh, in, in this case, it, it was, well, my monthly payment is so-and-so. Yeah, but what's the total balance on that credit card? Uh, just confront it, okay? And, and once you write down where you're at, and, and again, no hemming and hawing, just, just get honest with yourself, then and only then can, can you really start attacking it and, and saying, mm -hmm. okay, now it's out there. Boy, it's ugly, isn't it? Yes, it is. How are we going to fix this? Well, one step at a time. You know, yeah, let, yeah. let's now now we've got the data. Now let's start addressing the problem and how can we do this? And, and once you start seeing somebody engage in, okay, here's the problem and here's a game plan to fix it, the anxiety melts away. It really does. Mm -hmm. but step one is be honest. Well, on a positive note, I feel like a step one for tracking your finances or getting a hold of that money anxiety is tracking your spending for a month. And yeah, a yeah. nice thing of 2021 or just how technology has evolved is that it can be so easy to track your, your spending because you don't yeah. have, you're not using tangible cash. There are like money tracking apps. So that's yeah. also a positive yeah. of how to, I think it's a nice way to attack your, your money anxiety yeah. in the butt and go on your merry way. I, I agree. And, and, and I see, I generally see people have fallen into one of two categories. Either they track spending and I've done plans and when it's time to retire, they're very comfortable with the decision or they've never tracked spending. I'm doing their first or maybe their second plan and they have no clue where the money goes. And that person is absolutely in meltdown mode when they're ready to retire. Or in some cases, we're told they're retiring through an early retirement offer. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I wouldn't say one month, track it over three months. You know, let's, let's get the, the variable spending. Yeah, my Amex card tends to be somewhere, last month it was 200, this month it was 500. Okay, but after three months, you know, you average about $300 a month as an example. Let's just say you spend $300 a month on Amex uh, charges. You know, you don't have to break it down further. Just know that that's where it is. And when you add all those numbers up, it comes up to such and such. And okay, now we know what you're likely to spend in retirement and, and we can figure out a game plan to produce income. Mm -hmm. So it's just important to be as honest as you possibly can yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> with those numbers, no matter yep. how embarrassing it may be. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask, are there any like common misconceptions of people who are trying to get a hold of their finances once they walk into your office? Um. Yeah, I, I, I tend to see people fixated on rates of return. 
okay? Um, what can you make me? Um, how do you invest money? Um, it's important. And, and of course, that's, that's a big part of what we do. But when I do a financial plan, and I'll, I'll tell people this, yeah, rate of return matters, but a difference of $200 a month on spending matters a lot more. I mean, I, I have seen $300, two $300 a month spending changes make or break a financial plan. I, I mean, it, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you're running these numbers out over hopefully 30, 40 years, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you, you don't want this person uh, to run out of money at any stage of, of their life. And if they're, if they think they spend $2,400 a month, but the answer is really 3,200 a month, best plan in the world isn't going to help them. I, I mean, I'll show them that they'll uh, die with $2 million and they're wondering why they're starting to run out of money at 72. Well, because you didn't spend what you told me you were spending. Mm -hmm. you know, big issue. Yeah. I think a lot of people like to follow rules of thumb. Um, I mean, one of the general rules of thumb is saving that 10%, which can be yeah. pretty acceptable by most people in their personal finances. Sure. But I think that when you are kind of handling it, it's important to, it's important to remember that your plan needs to be custom, custom to you and it yeah. needs to be personalized. And I think that's something that people forget when they step into a financial planner's office and think, oh, this is, this works specifically for me. This isn't, yeah. I can't follow a rule of thumb. I can't follow these things that I read on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, it drives me crazy when I, I hear there's a particular commercial that runs once in a while about what's your number. You know, I, I've read articles. I, I do a lot of reading. I've read articles where, no, the rule of thumb is uh, you need to uh, receive about 80% of your current income in retirement to be successful. No. Where do those numbers come from? I mean, <laughs> if you've got a mortgage in, in retirement and you can't pay it off and, and you're going to carry that in retirement you're in a different situation than somebody retiring with no debt, you know, and you might've had a lot of expenses when you work that you're not going to have in retirement, but most people do. Most people actually spend more in at least the first couple of years of retirement than they spent in the last years of working. They're traveling, they're doing all the stuff that they've been putting off that they've always wanted to do. So yeah, yeah every, every financial plan is, is individualized and has to be individualized. And kind of going back to your guest column in the Cincinnati Inquirer, you said yeah. that you, you never get tired of guiding people through the world of finance and investing. So just to be frank, kind of going off what we talked about, those misconceptions. You're going to call me on that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that just drives you nuts when people start talking about their finances? I wouldn't say drives me nuts, but um, yeah, when you've done it as long as I have, um, I, I, I enjoy it. But every once in a while, you're going to come across a know-it-all. And, and I'm, I'm the last person that's going to say I'm the smartest guy in the world and you need to deal with me and you can't do it on your own. No, there's plenty of people that can invest and, and um, do it themselves and, and they're fine and dandy. But when somebody comes in and says, especially when it gets political, well, you know, with this administration that it's going to cause the market to collapse. And how are you planning? I don't know that. Nobody knows that. You know, it, it's no. Um, one thing as I've gotten older, I've gotten very comfortable with is what I don't know. And I think anybody who says that they know everything, thank them for their time, walk out the door. Um, yeah, there are certain basic um, uh, aspects of finance and financial planning that don't change all that much other than the names or the situations. But um, no, we don't know what tomorrow brings, both personally and professionally and, and financially. Um, just go with the flow and be smart and stay on top of your investments and, and 
if anybody ever tells you they know what's going to happen or they know what's what you need to do, um, it, stop the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's 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 as tough as it gets. I mean, I, I I just one thing about what I do for a living, Sarah, is every day is a new day. It's a challenge, and um, it's incredibly fulfilling when people do take some of your advice and and you change their lives. You know, they've retired with a higher standard of living than if you weren't in the picture. And that's an awesome feeling. Well, I, earlier, um, when you started your, when you started the topic, I liked how you brought up politics because I think, I feel like I see, I see the conversation like on social media all the time yeah. of people saying, oh my gosh, the certain someone is in the house, they're gonna ruin my finances or the economy is gonna collapse tomorrow. Um, right. That's That's really not, how that conversation should go. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've got my political opinions that I'll yeah. keep myself. And yeah, there are two parties that, you know, they're going to have different approaches to, to different mm -hmm. issues. But one, one of the great things about this country is it's resilient. It's, it's a huge economy. And Americans know how to move forward, you know, no matter what, whether it's an environmental issue, whether it's a social issue, we're, we're going to get better. We're going to go forward. Even in the 2008 collapse, where I honestly was concerned about the, the whole financial infrastructure coming to pieces, I, I was really, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's good, but I couldn't say 100% sure it's going to make it. Um, we got through it and we came out better for it. You know, so um, when I hear, especially in the last election, it's gotten so partisan. Well, if so-and-so gets elected, I, I'm pulling all my money out because I know things are, nothing collapsed. Nothing, really nothing happened, you know? And, and yeah, different administrative policies are gonna impact your investments, but and not to the point where you should never make a, an emotional, radical decision on your money. Yeah, you might wanna make certain certain shrewd moves on your investments and, and, you know, a good advisor can help you with that, but to pull completely out because of, you know, this guy getting elected, now nah, that's a losing proposition and just about every case. Well, thanks for sharing your opinion on that. I appreciate that. So again, I wanted to reiterate that you've probably seen every situation possible walk through your door. So do you have any like memorable stories or life lessons that stick with you? I do like how you talked about how it's fulfilling when you see someone, yeah. like, their plan kind of work out. Do you have any yeah. other like life lessons that you've seen or that just yeah. stick with you? I, I, I mean, I could talk to you for hours about it and haven't done it as long as I have. I, I mean, on the negative side, I, I saw from a very personal standpoint, I saw my dad not have a good retirement and, and I, I don't want to go into the details. Financially, he was not in good shape and just tired of working. Um, I don't ever want anybody I come in contact with going through that. And I don't necessarily share that with people walking in my office, but I know that I'm not gonna let that happen. Okay? And I think they, they realize that after a while that, yeah, I'm engaged in, in their lives. And, and I, I'm engaged to the point where I wanna make sure that not just they don't stumble, but they, they stay in front of the curve enough where uh, like I said earlier, that they're going to be able to enjoy life a little bit better, hopefully, than, than if I wasn't in the picture. I'll, I'll give you a great story. I remember meeting a guy um, at a company we, we did quite a bit of business with, and he was just, he didn't like his job. And he, he told me the first time I met him, he was probably in his late 50s. I'm quitting at 62. I don't care if I can or not. I'm out of here. Um, all right, well, let me do a financial plan for you, Okay. And he couldn't afford to retire at 62. There, it wasn't even close. And I told him that. 
And I said, but if you do this, this, and this, basically save more and spend less, um, we might get it from 66 to 65. The next year we got it from 65 to 64. By the time he turned to 62, by, when he turned 62, he had made enough positive changes where I, I walked into his office and I said, you're gonna like this meeting because I'm gonna tell you that you can quit your job today and financially you're independent, you can live as long as you wanna live and you should be fine. And he said, good, thank you for doing that. I said, so you're going, going into HR? And he said, no, I just wanna know I could do it. He worked two more years knowing that he could tell them what he thought about their job and walk out and he was okay. But he had a whole different attitude from that point on. He, he, it sounds he like a lifestyle change, kind of like the working out thing. You can't just stop working out and then it all like stays perfect. You have to continually work towards it and have change well, that lifestyle. Okay, because I've been trying to do that with working out, and, and you're telling it's me not, yeah, I know. I, I, I keep on going okay. back to the working out metaphor. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. Obviously, yeah, it is. It, it, it is, and, and it's really, really rewarding to see somebody. And it's not just that I'm anything special, but just somebody. The light bulb goes off, and you know, it's it's like seeing somebody that wants to lose weight. The light bulb goes off, and and they change their diet and their habits, and. And their life has changed as a result. And, Same and thing with finances, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain about personal finance. And I, ho I hopefully this helps people realize that talking about your finances, finances can be a very positive and engaging experience. Sure. And it's just something not to fear. I agree. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm Sarah Kemmerer with your local Better Business Bureau, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at BBB.org.